coming to get you, Barbara. Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> I love it, though. Now me, I not only drink really, I really drink. We are Buzz on Movies. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen, to Buzzed on Movies. I'm Teddy. And my name is still Matt. Still, still there. Yeah, still, still. Matt. Um, you know, still folks, we. I, I often think of podcasting much like like a high wire act. You know, there's always a constant give and take. Will they? Won't they? Survive this act. Will you make it through on the other side? There's a lot of balancing that goes on that you don't how, know about. This is how listeners felt during our saw marathon. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> we were, we were, we made it fully off the wire in that one. Um, but tonight it may be <laughs> the most uh, the most high tension recording we've ever done because we're recording. High tension. I've seen that movie. That's bad. Bad <laughs> you have seen that, yeah. Um, but t- we are recording on my laptop, which is very much ready to give out at any moment. <laughs> this thing is 11 years old. Um, really a testament to, you know, we used to build things in this country, but um, anyway. We used to be a proper country. <laughs> um, it's surviving for now. So if you're hearing this, that means it recorded successfully. And you Honestly, can clap for I us be, now. Give us a hand. Honest, the fact that your laptop is, please clap. Please clap. <laughs> um, if if I'm being honest, the fact that it's been 11 years, that's pretty impressive. I mean, my laptop is five years old and I'm already like, all right, might be time to think about this. Um, so Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't say it's been working perfectly over the, all of those 11 years, but it certainly still does the job. I got my now. laptop with my first tax return after moving to New York. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this new one, anyway. I mean, I had a laptop before that. I want to be clear. This was not my first laptop. I just replaced it. I still <laughs> my have first my old laptop. One. It's here. Get like a Fisher Price, my <laughs> baby's first laptop. first laptop. I probably still have that old baby's first laptop thing that I had as a kid. I did have one of those like kid ones, you know? Oh, my God. Um, um, okay. So. <laughs> But like, not really. It was like fake because it wasn't a lot. Anyway, I didn't really have one of those. I don't really I had know why an... I said that. That was a complete lie. That was just like, a, that was a falsehood. I had when an I was alpha a kid... smart as a child. That was kind of like having a laptop when you're oh, in elementary school. Oh, yes, school. of course. When I was a kid, laptops were not really like a thing that people would have thought to make toy versions of for kids because they weren't ubiquitous. Like, they're no. like, no. <laughs> <laughs> you were a kid at the same time as me. They weren't like a thing. People had desktops. Laptops existed. At they the existed, time, but, but they weren't a ubiquitous thing yes, to I, the point where like kid toys were being made of them, really. Not, I agree like, with that. I agree yeah. with that. There were not a lot of child laptops back in yeah. the day. They were maybe like like the leapfrog pad or something. Did, like yes, that. yeah. Well, I don't even know. Did that exist when we were kids? I can't remember. That may might have been when I was a little bit older. I never yeah. had one, so I don't I, really like know. some of my like younger cousins had those, but I I don't remember them being a thing when I was young. Because like yeah. when I learned, because the the point of the leapfrog pads was like to learn how to like type and write and all of read and stuff like that, and all of that I had to do on like a fucking desktop computer sitting in a computer lab. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, Oh, well, this is a podcast about movies, and every minute that we discuss this is a minute that the computer could potentially fail. So, moving so, on, let's talk about this week's let's big... Let's talk about sex, baby. Well, no, that's a different episode. Um, ah, Go okay. back. We've go done back that to, episode yeah, already. We've done that episode several times, actually. Yeah, but um, this episode is going to be our big Oscars kickoff for this year. We've just got the nominees in. It's been a few days because of the computer situation, but uh, the the we're ready to discuss the nominees. 
ready to talk about you know our strategies, how we're going to boldly go off and declare that we will complete it this year with no trouble whatsoever. And you know you'll, you're going to see how miserably we fail at, at that, and whether we limp across the finish line as usual. It's all happening again. We're getting ready to kick it off. It's it's all happening. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm excited. We're here. We're out here. We are. So we got we got the nominees in um, last Tuesday. So for, it's been for better a... or for worse, we have them. Yeah. And um, of course, I was up promptly at 8.30 a.m. watching the <laughs> watching the kickoff show. <laughs> and uh, which is it, it's always a fun experience. I, I'm glad that they do this now. Uh, this year it was was pretty good because. Uh, <laughs> We had uh, what's her name from from Megan in the Allison Williams. <laughs> yeah, Allison Williams, Nepo baby Allison Williams, Nepo baby Allison Williams is doing. It. She did a good job, uh, but also she made sure to name check Megan during yeah, the ceremony. Course. So we're like, okay, great. We're getting this is the limitation of the horror representation we're going to get here, but I'm glad we're getting it. Um, that literally is the the limitation. <laughs> There's like no other horror representation in there. The there really is nominations. I I yeah. In case unless you you consider Blonde like a horror movie, <laughs> but well, we'll, if we're gonna do that, I mean, Pinocchio could sort of be a horror movie. <laughs> we'll get we'll get into that. The 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 nominees came in. Nothing too dramatic or surprising this year. Um, there are a couple things we should talk about probably. Um, most notable probably is andrea reesboro getting in for for leslie is that how you say her name i don't know and i'm i'm mad that you questioned the fact because now people are gonna go look it up but well i uh, didn't i didn't watch the live cast of the the nominations because i was at an office because i'm a, a person who has to be at an office and um, oh, oh mr fancy office man okay it's not that it's not <laughs> like that at all it's just i work for the government and they uh, like when people are in the office yes. um so um i you know i know i had to be there so i couldn't watch it like at least not with sound like i had it up but i i you know i couldn't listen to it right um, but my understanding is that allison williams pronounced everyone's name correctly so yes. i was sincerely hoping that you had the answer to that question. <laughs> I was I, asking a genuine question because I knew you watched it. I don't <laughs> that know. That was I, not me trying that, to be an ass. I did watch it. I'm hoping I'm remembering that correctly because I can't look it up right now. It would be really but, fucking funny if Allison Williams went through the trouble of like learning everybody's names <laughs> to pronounce them correctly and like the the names from other cultures that she that she like just like got completely correct and then she got. Andrea Risborough's name. That that should be a thing they do one year. Just pronounce every white person's name. It should be like way. one one year they get everybody's names co- completely correct, and then they're like, and for best actor, Braid Pite. That would be great. Um, but yes, uh, she's noteworthy because uh, she really she hasn't won any of the. She hasn't gotten nominated for any of the other precursor awards, which are all the other awards that announce beforehand, which are normally seen as predicting who's going to get in for the Oscars. Um, So this was seen as kind of a surprise. It was kind of like a big last minute push for her to get nominated. Lots of celebrities posting uh, online and doing email campaigns to advocate for her getting in. 
And now there's a bit of controversy as to whether uh, or not that campaign broke the Academy's campaigning rules. They actually met today to discuss that uh, and decided they would not be rescinding the nomination, but they have some concerns, uh, which I don't know. (laughs) They're they're going to come out and say, like, you know, it's just not okay when somebody does free campaigning. So, you know, if if, if you want to spend a lot of money on it, that's okay, but can't you can't do it for free you can't just have people do it Um, yeah yeah that's what they're gonna decide they you know (laughs) um it's it seems like kind of silly i don't know the 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 i mean it i guess it's like vaguely embarrassing for the academy that she was able to like do a quote-unquote grassroots campaign i'm not sure it really was like movies push hard for their actors and actresses to be nominated like all the fucking time so I don't really know how it's particularly different because it's the same thing. Like movies are pushing for it, but they're pushing for it in a way that's just going to get people who have voting power to vote for them. Yeah. What does it matter if it's like the individual doing it versus the studio? I'm not sure it makes a difference. Um, but, you know, uh, you know, whatever they want to say, um, whatever helps them sleep at night. I right? don't I don't know um, a lot about it and I don't really follow all the Academy politics. So I just it. It's not of concern to me. I just like to watch the movies. It's of concern to me if they decide that like people, it's of concern to me if they had, like, if they'd rescinded the nomination, it would be of concern to me. That would be like a thing where it's like, that's silly. Come on. Um, yeah. I mean like that, like would... they, they let me, they, they, they are, it's okay for me to be forced to watch like four year consideration ads for like every fucking movie under the sun for two months. But Andrea Riesborough can't like campaign on her own like that. That would have been fucked up in my opinion. Um, so, you know, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, also of notes um, this year is that there were 16 first time acting nominations among that the is pretty four exciting. acting categories. So that's like 16 out of 20 people who were nominated. Were being nominated and some of them the are like time. pretty shocking, like Bill Nye. Um, yeah, that that's like incredible. <laughs> Seems strange that he's never been nominated before. Um, I mean, some of them are like but... longtime actors, like who like like Jamie Lee Curtis, but that's like not really surprising. Like she hasn't exactly done like movies that get you know acting nominations. No offense to Jamie Lee Curtis, but um, you yeah. Know. She's not yeah, exactly she's been around like, for a long time. She's not, not doing really prestige doing drama so. Oscar bait type movies usually. Um, right. So, you know, that that's less surprising, but it is still sort of like a, wow, this is your first, like, um, <laughs> it's nominated for everything, everywhere, all at once. I hope uh, that when they do the, the clip show, when they're going through the nominees, it's her with the hot dog. Hands. Yeah. Um, the hot dog fingers would be perfect. Uh, with like yeah. that scene where there's like mustard, like I, I like, I want it to be like as <laughs> weird mustard. as possible. Yeah. Um, it's got, it's gotta be either that or the bud plug scene. Like one of the two. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, also speaking of everything, everywhere, all at once, they lead the pack on nominations this year. Um, think it was either 11 or 12 i'm not i'm not checking it right now but um yeah they're 11 they're leading the pack which uh like who would have seen that coming i mean like this the the daniels are not exactly known for doing prestige material i honestly so going into it i figured that because they were like largely considered sort of front runners for some of the big awards right um yeah um 
I but I did kind of have a suspicion that it was going to be either a like a really embarrassing snub or a total like domination of yeah. of nominee of nominations. Um, like I figured it would go all one way or the other, um, not with not much in between. I was glad it it landed on they just took a ton of nominations because <laughs> it would have been really embarrassing if they'd just gotten like none. Um, yeah, yeah. So. Well, it's it's an incredible time we're living in. A, a strange ass movie like this can get that level of recognition. I really can't believe that. That that is really shocking. Um, I mean, obviously it's deserved. It's a great movie, but um, it's, it's just very surprising. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's mo- most like, of this my is an Academy that once gave green book a win. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're, we're used to that kind of stuff being what's, <laughs> what's setting the tone for the Oscars. Yeah. Well, Here yeah, we the, <laughs> it's a, it's a new world we're living in folks. Um, so yeah, I, I like, I, like I said, I don't have a ton of like Oscars nominations takes. Maybe I'll have more once I've seen all the nominees, but I, there are some hot got, takes to be had. Like, like Elvis, that's a choice. That was a choice. I, you know, that was, I don't know that any, I, it's not shocking, but I don't know that reading the reviews made you think that Elvis was going to get a best picture nomination. Um, Elvis, it, Elvis is fantastic, though. I mean, I like it. It's got a, it's got a great acting performance at the center of that. It's about a classic pop culture figure. It's quite good. Yeah. It's quite good. It's by um, a I'm just saying, director. I'm just saying that there, the even like the Rotten Tomato score doesn't really do it justice to how like the actual reaction was to this movie. Like, yeah. <laughs> there were there were a number of people who did not like this movie. I mean, not a, not an insignificant number um, because it's Baz Luhrmann. He's just like a very divisive director. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. So, um, um, and he's not, I don't think he's ever like really done that well at the Oscars, but um, what would have been hmm. any movie where he did well? Was Romeo and Juliet nominated for stuff? I feel like that seems like the kind of thing. I feel like it wouldn't have won though. Academy would like, I feel like they would like Moulin Rouge plenty. Um, Well, Moulin Rouge is a little weird, (laughs) but it has like, it has like the names in it. You know what I mean? Like it's fucking Nicole Kidman and Ewan McGregor. Um, Yeah, but you're right. I don't know. I have no idea. Um, Anyway. Yeah. So like, I feel like, you know, it, it, that was a little like, you know, okay, best picture. We're doing best picture for Elvis. Let's do it. Um, There's a chance that could win. Like I'm just saying, yeah. it's an Elvis movie directed by Baz Luhrmann. Um, it's entirely possible. There's... You divide the action field between Avatar: The Way of Water and um, Everything Everywhere All at Once and Top Gun: Maverick, and suddenly there's a clear path for Elvis to win. You know? Yeah. So yeah, it um, could be the the dark horse in this race. Um, you know, I would say many of the movies in Best Picture have a path. I would say that women talking is unfortunately not going to win. It has no path. Um, Probably no not. offense yeah. to women talking. Um, <laughs> it's a quite good movie. I have seen it, but I struggled to see how that's going to win. And honestly, that's another one. I was like, wow, that's a best picture nominee. All right, we're doing that. Um, it's good. It feels like a play, but it's good. Um, you know, but I am glad that it's a, you know, I, for what it's worth, I'm glad it's a, a movie directed by a woman, considering they couldn't nominate any women for best director. So, you know, yeah, yeah. They, they couldn't see fit to do that. But um, 
Well, um, why don't we get into what we have left to watch now that we have left to about, watch? What okay. do we have left to watch? I mean, so so where when these nominations were first announced, where where did you stand? How much did you have to go? And then we'll talk um, about where we're at now. Well, I don't know because I, I, I uh, we were right around the same por- point. I think I had like two percent more that I'd already seen than you. Like, yeah. I think that's what it was. Um, right. I've been, was like, I've been checking them off. So I had 31. Me too, but I don't know what I, I don't have a historical record. Like right. I don't have what I had at the time of, yeah. I just have a, where I stand now. <laughs> I had, I had 31 to go at, at the time of the nominations. I've since seen five. So busy By 31, week. do you mean feature films? The short count, the short count. So I'm, I'm counting each of the short programs as one. Oh, you're counting short programs as one. Okay. Yeah. That changes things. So how many do you have left? I right now I have twenty six to go. Okay, I have twenty three to go. So Ah, uh-huh. racing ahead. I think that's where mm-hmm. we started though. Like I was like two or three ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, somewhere around there. And uh, I've been like pretty good about like seeing like several like i've been like powering through some of these movies like i watched tar and triangle of sadness in one very rough day wow um, yeah, <laughs> That's that was a big not day. that was not my my favorite day of all time um so you know i've been like really pushing it i watched navalny like on like fucking sunday before the football games like i was like i'm gonna meet friends at the bar for football and then and they were like <laughs> wake up early and watch navalny it, yeah and so i was like i'm just gonna watch navalny before i come I'm running late because I'm watching Navalny. And they were like, the documentary about Alexei Navalny? I was like, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm really just... working hard to front load it right now because I really like when it gets to the end, I want to be like in a position where I'm like only watching the ones where I'm like desperate to find ways to watch so that I can like focus attention on the, the difficult ones. You know what I mean? Like, right. Um, yeah. I don't want to be like being like, Oh, I have these difficult ones to watch, and also fucking the sea beast on Netflix. Like, I don't, I don't want to be in that position. Yeah, you um, got to get the easy ones out of the way so that you can really focus on the hard stuff. Because, like, there's, we've only got what, like, six more weeks of this. Um, yeah. and, and and there's we, gonna be like one week where all of the shorts are playing, so that's gonna dominate like a week. Yeah. So, um, there's just there's a lot going on in that time too. I mean, you know, basketball still going on <laughs> during all this so so you gotta you gotta schedule around like, yeah that's the other thing is that is that like in. the worst fucking time for us we love college basketball like and this yeah and we're we're leading into march for crying and like, not to brag but our team is having a good season so like we're like really not having this is not <laughs> for right. now for yeah, now for it's now, doing well um, um but yes, so this is always a very hectic time of year. I'm already at that point where I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, I stayed up till three last night watching Tar, and I'm like, this is like, why Why do I do this to myself? Tar is kind yeah. of a stay up till three watching kind of movie, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, yeah I, watched, I, I watched it at like 10 in the morning, so I kind of like regret my choices. But staying up till three watching it is kind of like correct. <laughs> It fits the vibe, certainly. Yeah, but I was yeah. also just like, why? Like, where am I? Now I have no time to sleep now. So I'm going to try to to pace myself a little better, to uh, <laughs> to be a little healthier. Because okay. in, in past years, we uh, I definitely run it down to the wire and really uh, <laughs> it was not a fun experience. 
Um, I, I'm trying to like I'm gonna see. So um, I'm seeing close tomorrow. Okay. Um, because that's showing at a at a, at the AMC's here. Um, right. That has know. just opened as of the twenty seventh. Um, um, I'm seeing the whale officially on Thursday. I still like I've like booked tickets to see that and canceled it like many times because I just like really don't want to watch the whale. Like I like <laughs> have so little desire to see that movie. I keep finding every excuse to get out. I of it. I enjoyed the whale, but it is a, it is definitely a difficult watch. I will um, give you that. Um, I don't think I'm gonna like it, and I like you know. Um, but I'm gonna see it. Um, and I'm also fucking planning to see EO or whatever this fucking weekend. <laughs> I love that. That's the one that you're like the most uh, upset about having. To you watch. know, I don't love a donkey. I just like don't feel positively about many many donkeys Not except for in... Jenny from yeah, the Banshees Jen... of Inisherin. I was gonna who say Jenny. I would lay my life on some railroad tracks for. Like I fucking love Jenny. Um, Jenny's fantastic. We all love Jenny. I do have to say that there is Jenny. Okay, so there's a donkey in Banshees of Inisherin. There's an entire movie about a donkey. Yo. <laughs> And Triangle of Sadness also has a prominent donkey sequence. Really? Okay. I don't understand what the fuck is up with donkeys this it's year. It's the donkey year. There's, you know, what there's is funny these... is that the other movie that could have had a big donkey sequence excised the donkey sequence. Guillermo Pinocchio. del Toro. <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> like, I you have let all the donkeys free. Um, that is strange. I still very haven't strange. seen Pinocchio. I actually um, liked the I liked Pinocchio quite a lot. Um, oh, I, I think I'm definitely gonna like yeah. it. Um, I but, mean, I even I even enjoyed the the weird Italian Pinocchio. Okay, the other that day, so. was one of my like struggle watches. I was like, I'm <laughs> alarmed. Um, but that's because so like I have a thing about Pinocchio, just like as a story. Like as a child, it gave me nightmares. Um, so I just like even now as an adult, I'm sort of like wary of any Pinocchio. It's story. a scary story, yeah. especially the original stuff. I mean, yeah. the Disney one's scary enough, but when you start adding back in like Pinocchio getting hanged and stuff like that, right. it's, it's just brutal. like kind of upsetting. And this one, like, I don't know. This one does some weird stuff. <laughs> um, All right. So well, yeah, I'm looking um, forward. But I do it. like the design of Pinocchio, and I do like the animation a lot. So, um, but yeah, it's a strange movie. So anyway, there's like some weird donkey stuff going on right now. Like everybody's got donkeys on the brains or something. Um, <laughs> so don't know what that's about. I would love to figure it out, but I don't have enough time cause I have to figure out how to watch all of these movies. So, yeah, my biggest concern right now is that, um, there's a lot of these movies not showing in theaters where I am. <laughs> um, so what are the ones you're most concerned about? All right. Well, right now, um, I'm concerned about living and women talking, which living are is, uh, in theaters here right now. They are both in theaters. Uh, they're not showing around here. I'm considering having to drive <laughs> like Sorry, upwards Lord, of half Lord an just hour. Just text me, Ginny! Exclamation mark! Exclamation mark! Exclamation <laughs> mark! Uh, yep. 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 She's a big fan of Jenny. Oh, I know. Um, We've texted about Jenny. <laughs> Um, so I'm thinking I might like have to drive somewhere to go see those, um, which is not impossible. Like that's doable. It might be annoying, but you know, whatever. Um, I'm also concerned about close EO and the quiet girl 
which close is in theaters, as we mentioned, not anywhere around here. Um, EO is I, coming to VOD in February. So, Oh, is I it mean, really? Like there's, there's a, yeah, I found that I've been like scouring for like little hints all over the place. VOD on February 21st. So hopefully that's a backup plan. If I can't see it in the theater. Okay. And Cause it's uh, only playing at the Alamo in Brooklyn here right now. So like that's uh, my yeah. only plan. But um, if it's coming to, well, I'll just see it at the Alamo just to be safe. But anyway, continue. yeah, I mean, why, if you, if you can, if you got the time, why not? Um, the quiet well, I'm girl... trying to meter out which ones I see in theaters, and which ones I watch at home. Cause it, it does take more time to go to a theater to see something. That is true. Know. Yeah. Um, I have no idea what's going on with the quiet girl. <laughs> Uh, it's playing I've, at some random ass theater here. I have no idea what's going on with House of Splinters. House of Splinters, House of Splinters, House of Splinters uh, might you be coming. Can to watch it on the BBC iPlayer using a VPN. Oh, okay. Well, I'll have that's to, the note I have on my spreadsheet. I'll have to figure that out. Then. <laughs> um, uh, Empire of Light, which actually I, I need to update some of my notes on this because I, I I think that's coming to HBO in oh, a week. Thank God. So yeah, is, that, um, is all the beauty and bloodshed coming to HBO? They acquired it, but is it going to actually play yes, on the platform yeah, that okay. I have that I have written down as coming to HBO max. Do you have a um, date? Yes. Let me see. Oh no. Unannounced. Okay. So I have, I have all that breathes coming on the 7th of February. Right. Um, I have that. And then all the beauty and the bloodshed should be coming to HBO max date unannounced. So I'll but look into that more. I hopefully. hope it's before because it's playing at the syndicated right now. And I'm like kind of debating if I should like see it on the big screen or not. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. But I, I'm, I'm going to spend like three movies worth at the syndicated in one week when I watch the shorts. So it's like, you know, I don't yeah. want to like go overkill. Um, <laughs> You're going to be living at the syndicated. Patrick. I do. When we, when they do the shorts, I literally will pick a day and I'll see like, if I can all three programs in like one day. Wow. Um, yeah, that's great. Um, I'll at least see two of them and they'll be like, oh, hey again. And I'll be like, yeah. The one I'll, time like, I leave, actually. I'll leave in between for pizza and then come back and be like, hey guys. Oh, <laughs> it's you again. Yeah. The one time I actually saw all three programs in theaters, um, they weren't even showing at the same theater in DC. Um, had to go like E Street for animated and live action. And then they were showing the documentaries in a split program at. Um, at the West End Cinema, which no mm. longer exists. Yeah, uh, I had to like. I had if to they spend, ever like, did the, the fucking do- uh, documentaries in a split program, makes me irate. That's <laughs> which just means that they're gonna be really, really long. <laughs> I know, and I hate that. They need like there needs to be a, the limit on the time, on like the runtime for the documentary shorts need to be such that they can't be split into two segments. <laughs> Like it needs to be, <laughs> it'd be like they'll only let in a couple long movies and yeah, like it needs to be like the, the whole runtime needs to be three hours or less. Like that needs to be the rule. Sorry. It um, was so funny that year that like, a, like everyone was like 40 or 50 minutes. And then like that one was like three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it, was like, <laughs> it was like, well, at least that one was over uh, quick. <laughs> um, that was yeah. the that was the one that was like the the Madison Square Garden Nazi rally one. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean that. Oh yeah, I remember that. Um, well, that one was yeah. Uh-huh. Good for that one because we didn't have to sit through so much. 
Yeah. Um. But the the actually I I've been saving the best for last because the so all of those are movies that I'm concerned about, which is much. I feel like it's a longer list than usual. Um, There's usually, usually only like one or two. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere like one, two, three, something like that. This year Fucking it's border. Like, it's border. Like, border. <laughs> this year it's like seven or eight. Um, and the worst one, I think, is gonna be Tell It Like a Woman, which I have literally no idea when it's coming out, what format it, like if it's even getting a theatrical release. Um this is a film that is nominated for best song. I, I like I, I it doesn't it's not a typical like commercial film. It's not meant it's not made to like screen in theaters. So I don't know if it's going to get a theatrical release. I do know <laughs> that it is playing at the UN at some point in March, which could be a great finale to our Oscars watch if we go track it down there. But uh, I don't know. What could if we be... went to the UN to watch this movie? <laughs> that would be it. Just the just the two of us on the ground, back at back movie hunting in New York. Can again. we wear like golden tuxedos or something? <laughs> if <we did> that? <laughs> that would be great. Like we're here for the Oscars, baby. Yeah, that, that maybe wouldn't be the proper tone. But <laughs> hey, I'd still do it. Um, I'd be like drunk off my ass on gin and tonics at the UN. Um, <laughs> it would co- literally cause an international incident. <laughs> I was gonna say I would somehow get politically assassinated before <laughs> my political career had gone anywhere. You would get you would get uh, exiled from every single country that's a UN member nation. Oh my god, I like that idea. I just wanted. I actually wanted you to leave at it. You would get exiled from every single country. I'm stuck in like the, the Arctic. Yeah, uh, with yeah. with the creature from the thing. It's just me and oh. that creature hanging out. <laughs> Like, yep, you too, buddy, huh? Uh, yeah. Um. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. Uh, it's not looking pretty. Is there anything else you're concerned about watching? Not really. Everything that I'm concerned about are things that you said. Like, I, I have solid plans for everything else, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm concerned with how much streaming. I feel like I'm going to have to spend on movies this time. Like, not ev- like there's a lot of stuff that's not going to be streaming free for me. Um, like I'm, it's going to be like video on demand and I'm kind of annoyed by that. Like, um, yeah, I feel like I, you know, like I, I just like, don't want to spend money. Um, and I know that I'm sure it's not that different than every other year, but it just feels different. Um, it so, can be an expensive undertaking. Yeah. Man, but I don't that think it's, year... so, it's not so bad. Um, so, you know. And I'm so fortunate that I have the syndicated here for the shorts and the syndicated still only charges like seven or $9 for a ticket, um, which is like insane in 2023 in New York yeah. city. Like, <laughs> um, that's impressive. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be too, I'm not going to complain too much. Um, and I do have mo- like anything that's on a streaming platform. Gotta say, I have that streaming platform. Yep. Um, because Same. I have like fucking all of them um, looking down it. I've got HBO prime, Netflix, Disney, Apple. Peacock, I'm like good god. Yeah. Um, um not yeah, paying for all of these fortunately, but I, I do have Peacock. <laughs> oh my god, Tar coming to Peacock was such a great was such a boon. Um, <laughs> uh, I've literally been I've been watching so much on Peacock recently. It's what crazy. I will say is that I'm annoyed that RRR 
is on Netflix, but in like the Hindi and not in Telugu. Um, yeah, yeah, um, that's kind of a controversial aspect there. But apparently, they don't have the rights to the Telugu. They version. don't. You have to watch it on Mubi if you want it on in Telugu. And my understanding of that app is that there's not like a TV version or a PS5 version or anything. It's like on your computer or phone. And I'm not oh. watch. I'm not watching that <laughs> you watch movie. R R R on your phone. Yeah, I mean, just like everything I know about that movie is that it's spectacle. Like I'm gonna watch that on a right. TV. So. This movie, I'm like upset enough that I didn't get a chance to see it in theaters. But it, I definitely okay. watch it on a biggest. Here's TV my thing about this fucking movie's theatrical run. That like not a complaint about the movie. It's or like the distribution of the movie itself or the the production or whatever. But the theaters that chose to show it here in New York would show it at fucking 9 p.m. every time they showed it. It's a three-hour movie. Yeah, like, you don't want to do that. Started That's... at fucking 7. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, it's fucking absurd. I'd be like, oh, I really want to do that. And to be showing at 9 p.m. on a Monday night. Uh, I have a work and a life. <laughs> like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I can't do that. So it p- fucking pissed me off. Like, that was very annoying very annoying yeah, to me that makes um, sense i'm, and, I'm and, hoping they'll get like i'm hoping that with the oscar nom they'll get like a few more because i would pay to see that on a big screen i have no, no problem absolutely. doing that but i'm not going at 9 p.m on a weeknight like i just can't do like a three-hour movie i can't do that that's not not reasonable for me. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's too much i like i've i've seen i'm a big fan of late night movie but i usually like to keep it a short one and at like on a Friday or Saturday. Like that's oh, was, like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Can't be doing that on a Monday. No. No. Um what what are we what are we not looking forward to watching? That's another aspect. Okay, here. I'll run I'll run down that list. I have some. Uh blonde. Fuck off. <laughs> uh. I uh, yeah, yeah. I mean I, I watched Blonde the other night. I enjoyed it. Uh in a way. <laughs> Yeah. There's it's it's definitely not a pleasant watch. That much is certainly true. Um yeah, uh Ana de Armas is very good. I but think I think in there's... a similar in a similar way for me is the whale. Like the way I, I dread looking forward to blonde is the whale. Um I, I feel like I just have like similar there are certain aspects of it I think I'm not going to enjoy and I just don't need to see. But I'm looking forward to some of the performances. So I think like, the whale surprisingly was more watchable than Blonde. I don't um, think that's surprising. Well, <laughs> Darren Aronofsky can produce some very difficult to watch films. Yeah, but the things about Blonde good. that that I've been that I've heard about that are going to be hard to watch are like very specific, and I think that those are not things that yeah. I want to see. Like, and I didn't think the whale would have the same issues. So I just think overall the whale had more of like a general positive tone to it, even though it was kind of grim. Um, Who directed but, Blonde? Do you do you remember the name? The oh, uh, yeah i I don't remember it. I'll look it up. Um, I hope in Letterboxd and somebody oh. had just watched This Is Guar. <laughs> <laughs> this is Guar. Uh, it's Andrew Dominic. Um, had Andrew who, directed anything else? Uh, he's directed Killing Them Softly, oh uh, which I liked. Oh my God, Assassin- The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford. I yes, love that movie. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I haven't seen that, but that's supposed to be very good. Um, yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, like he's he's directed a, a number of things that people have heard of. Um, okay. Um. So okay, so yeah, that people makes are, me... people are not happy with him for this one. I was gonna <laughs> say, but I still wouldn't say that based on what he's directed that I've seen, I would like have any like feelings of oh, but I trust him with X subject matter. You know what I mean? Right. Um, right. Unlike Darren Aronofsky, where like. I, I have some issues with the way he's handling the subject matter in the whale, <laughs> but I do trust him generally. Cause I think he's a good director. Um, right. So, um, you know, th- th- there are some differences there. Um, so those are two that I'm not looking forward to in kind of similar ways um, in a less like serious way. There are three movies that I'm not looking forward to. And that's EO <laughs> who I just like, I can't fucking stand the poster. I fucking hate it. I hate that poster. I hate that donkey on the poster. I just like want it to stop. Um, I'm so sorry to that donkey, <laughs> but I really hate the poster. And I've seen just... it on like subways everywhere. Like I'll get off the subway train and it'll be that fucking donkey on the wall. And I'm like, I want to fucking throw myself in front of the train. Like, it just like makes me like irate. Um, I really think it's so funny that this is like the one that you've singled out. It's like you the, know how I feel about like animals in movies. It's like like there's like a weird thing with me. Like we're like when animals are the main characters of movies. For some reason, I like it's like I'm either gonna love it or I'm gonna fucking like despise everything about it. And in this Matt case, has that... a real axe to grind with Polish film, <laughs> donkey film. Eo. Remember, um, like, <laughs> remember there's a yak in the classroom. <laughs> you on the yak in the classroom. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, uh, it's like that kind of vibe. Like, um, so I don't know how you how... get mad at this kind of movie, but you know, you do. Um, you. Similar to how I feel about the donkey. There's um, Marcel, the shell with shoes on. I like want to okay. step on the snail. Like, I yeah, um, yeah, I gotta say I'm I'm not that thrilled about that. I know everyone says it's very good. Maybe I'll be surprised, but I was not that big a fan of the original like, like short. Like the, the short, yeah. I had so, nothing. It did nothing for me. It is the way I feel about fucking Baby Yoda and Olaf the Snowman and like Oh, I like both of them though. Um mm, I have got I have qualms about them. I hate Baby Yoda. Like hate. <laughs> um it, the same way I fucking I hate Baby Groot. I hate I want to mow yeah. Baby Groot with a lawnmower. Baby Groot feels um, unnecessary. Um, so does Baby Yoda. Um, no, Baby Yoda. Olaf. Cute. Olaf too. Olaf is very unnecessary. But um, Olaf is funny though. Olaf. Okay, so the w- the reason that I feel less bad about Olaf is because of Frozen Two. Olaf and Frozen Two redeems himself. Having his existential crisis. Yeah, Olaf and Frozen <laughs> Two is very very good. It's like they they knew that they'd created a monster, and so in Olaf and Frozen Two they were like, how can we make this as funny as possible? And it's like obscenely ridiculous. Um, so I I love I I will respect them for what they did with Olaf and Frozen Two. Yeah, I um, do. I do love the tone of that movie. It was like there's this big adventure and battle between various forces, and Olaf is just hanging around, being like, "What the hell is existence anyway?" Like, what, yeah, it's how, so funny. Like, what it's are so we, funny. What are we uh, doing here? Like, how was I not alive and now alive? And like, what? It's like Forky in Toy Story Four. Yes, like, yeah, it is very Forky. Who also is in the same vein of creatures that annoy the shit out of me Um, (laughs) but i do again also kind of find forky funny because forky is like kind of an investigation of what those ridiculous cutesy characters mean um yes so um i don't think baby yoda or baby groot are an investigation of what the cutesy characters mean and i don't know that marcel the shell with shoes on is either um 
So I don't really want to watch Marcel the Shell with shoes on. I'm sorry to Marcel and I'm sorry to everybody who loves Marcel because people love this little snail thing. Um, it might help if I liked snails more. I have no feelings about snails. My, <laughs> the most feeling I have about snails is that one Tumblr post where it's like, I fucking am glad Rob, uh, Edward Cullen didn't have texting because he would have been texting Bella like, saw a snail today, effervescent. That is like my most <laughs> knowledge of snails. So um, like, I just like don't, um, you know, nothing. Um, and then the last movie I'm not looking forward to is Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. I just like, yeah. <laughs> what's, what's the point? I don't even see that. Um, I'm not, I'm not really looking forward to that. I, it'll probably end up being fine. Like, I, like I was going to say, I think bad. I'll probably end up liking it. It's just like, it's not a movie that I would ever seek out on my own. Um, yeah. It's like, I also, I also hate the fact that I can't stop saying Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. Now. I know like, it's the it, same it, with Marcel, the show shoes on though, for me. It's like, I'm like, Oh yeah. Marcel, the show shoes on. Like, I love just saying the whole thing. <laughs> the title. It's, it's yeah. too much for me. Um, um, yeah. So that's, yeah, those are those are basically. Uh, I'm with you on a couple of these here. A little, uh, a little Empire of Light too. So actually, there's a handful that I'm not looking forward to seeing. Um, I think Empire of Light would be good. I did I not know. like the trailer. I, I know did a lot of like people it. are complaining about it, but and then the the other big Olivia one that Coleman I really wasn't was looking forward good. to, I've seen. So I have to I have to tone it down now. I was not looking forward to Triangle of Sadness. There was no part of me that wanted to watch that movie. I hated that trailer. I hated when everyone was vomiting in the trailer. I didn't want to watch that. <laughs> But I did watch the movie, so now now that's passed. So you got you, you ripped the bandaid off. You got it. I still didn't love it. I did like it, but I didn't love it. What are you not looking forward to? Anything? Anything I didn't mention? Uh, well, you you got Marcel the Shell, Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. Um, I just I feel like tell it like a woman. If we do manage to watch it, will probably also not be very pleasant. Yeah, I think you're so, probably right about that. Damn. So I would, I would probably throw that one in there too. Um, the thing with all the, like the documentaries and stuff like that, I haven't seen like any trailers or anything, so it's hard yeah, for me to comment on them. Same. I mean, you always gotta expect that some of the documentaries are going to be kind of dreary, um, but they're not always. No, and usually there's at least a couple that are like quite even like Navalny, which could have been like just like i mean it's like fucking about russia like there's not much positive to come out of russia it could have it could have been really like just like whatever but the way it's like put together it's sort of like i don't know it's i mean it's kind of like watching a fucking cnn clip or something um i didn't love i did not love navalny i will fully admit but um you know sometimes the documentaries even about the serious subject matter don't you wish they could be more serious is all I'll say about some of them. Um, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> the documentaries are a weird bunch. It's always weird. You kind of have to spread them out because some of them are really heavy. And then sometimes it's like, this should be heavy and it's not heavy. And that's kind of weird. Um, yeah. But I do think tell it like a woman is going to be just kind of heavy. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to have to start working on the documentaries because I always, box myself into this corner every year where i'm watching like four documentaries yep. in the last uh-huh. week and it's like oh. i am so bad about that so bad about it um, and i i enjoy documentaries too, too. i don't want me this too. just be us shitting on documentaries but you know the ones that are nominated for the oscars are a specific kind of documentary and also watching a whole bunch of them back to back can be a disheartening experience i kind of think 
Oh, so so I wonder, like, you said they're a specific kind of documentary. I want to push back on that a little bit because I feel like, actually, the problem with my problem with the Oscar-nominated documentaries is that they're, like, rarely, like, the best documentaries. They're, you know, they're not really a certain kind. They're just, like, documentaries that, like, got big that year, like, that people talked about and then one random one that nobody heard of but is from, like, the Middle East or something because they felt like they needed to nominate a documentary from the Middle East. You know yeah, what I mean? Well, I feel um, like there it's more based on the issues that are covered in the documentaries, whether they then whether they're like engaging or interesting on their yes, own. Yeah. They're, they're not, they're not really like, cause there are so many good documentaries that come out every year. There are a lot of documentaries and they're, you know, a lot of them are, are quite good. And, the Oscars never seem to hit the ones that I personally think are the best. Um, and they do. And it'll be like fucking free solo. Like, I mean, I liked free solo, but it was, you know, it was free oh, solo. You know, I was, loved free solo. I thought that like, I think that's an example of a, an unusual one that they nominated that actually like a lot of people. Liked. I don't think it is an unusual one though. Cause they always nominate sort of one in that vein where it's like the stakes are not particularly high. I mean, obviously they're life or death for this one guy, but it's not like a country is going to live or die by this thing. Um, Well, but they don't always have to be like that. No, but there is always one where it's like the stakes are an entire country's like political future. Um, Yes. Yes. There is always one. It it changes every year, which one it is. This year it's fucking Navalny. Uh, Of course. Um, Although they also have like, they have a few. Yeah. We've had stuff like the square. We've had uh, whatever that that one, but the hospital in um, Syria the other year. Was that a um, feature length documentary or was that a short? I thought that was a feature. I thought that was a I, short. Unless we're thinking maybe. of different ones about hospitals. <laughs> I mean, there's definitely been a couple. I was but... thinking about the one there. There was a short about the hospital in the middle. There was. I thought that was the one. Anyway, continue. Yeah. But then, you know, there's stuff like my octopus teacher, which is just yes. like, yeah, the, the, so there's, there's no stakes. So, so my octopus fun. teacher is akin to, to free solo in my mind. Like the one where yeah. it's like the stakes are kind of low. Those are the ones I tend to like more from the batch of the Oscar nominated ones because um, they're just like, they just feel refreshing and a little more authentic because sorry to say, but sometimes there's something better about the, the ones that are just telling like a simple straight up story than the ones that are trying to like dissect the political knot that is the Middle East in 90 minutes. Like, sorry, but you're not probably not going to do that. So, um, yeah, it's yeah like... sometimes, sometimes I feel like they, you know, they, they take on too much exactly in, in one yeah. documentary. And like, then the Oscars to... reward them for taking on like so much. And it's like, you just like, can't do that. That's why I like things like, um, you know, the one we watched last year where we had to, like, fucking watch with a group chat with everyone. Um, the um, Like, the women on fire. Women on fire. Like, that was, like, about a specific moment in a politically taught situation. So you had, like, the politics of the entire country was relevant, but it was really just about, like, this one out, this, like, one news outlet run by women in this country. And that, that was cool. I thought that was interesting. They weren't trying to, like... Yeah take on the entire politics of the country, but sometimes they try to do shit like take on way too much. <laughs> uh, yeah. I do think that the best, the best ones that cover like heavy topics, like war and like big disasters and stuff are, are ones that are focused in on like, just like one person. Right. They, they narrow the like focus. A smaller they... subset of people who are going through this. Um, I think, I think it was this documentary shorts last year 
there was like one about a like a young man who was being recruited to uh like join some sort of extremist group um talking about in the middle east when that guy was being recruited to um or maybe or was it the military he was trying to join i can't no 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 no. okay okay he was trying to join the military but he ended up having to to grow opium and then he ended up being addicted to opium that's the story uh yeah i thought that one was really interesting because it took it down to like the human level because it focused on one person um that makes it like more relatable and and more powerful i think even even if like you can be like completely overwhelmed by like just constant imagery of war at a certain point it's just like it washes over you right yeah I, I agree i agree i think um those are the ones that tend to affect me the most and what what happens is with some of these documentary features they just sort of like you said they they go with like the topic that's covered like oh was this relevant this year okay we're going to we're going to nominate this it doesn't always work out. Um, so I'm interested to see what they have here. I mean, Navalny in a way kind of felt like the requisite, Oh, we have what was nominated, you know, this is topical. So, yeah. Um, um, cause I, I don't think it was, I mean, it wasn't bad, but it also wasn't one that I'm going to think about for the rest of my life. You know, um, I, I don't know that I would have thought, Oh yeah, this is probably one of the top five documentaries of the year. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, you know, I, I think Navalny might honestly be the like top requisite current event one um, of the year. So um, God knows everyone loves a documentary being like Russia's evil right now. So um, yeah. Yep. That's what we're looking for now. I think we had one. Didn't we have one about their fucking evil sports shit like a year ago? Um, wasn't that, wasn't that was that a couple thing? years. Okay. Back, was it a couple years? That ago? was, yeah. It was the, recent uh, one though. About, it was recent. about the Olympic doping scandal. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, yeah, God knows. Um, Navalny was sort of in that vein though. And it was just sort of like, all right, we know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's Russia. Um, <laughs> it's pretty bad. Um, you know, um, I think what got to me about it was that like they didn't even lean enough into how Navalny himself is not exactly a good guy. So it was like, all right, we're also like kind of trying to like whitewash Navalny. So this really does feel like CNN. Um, (laughs) um, But yeah, Um, it was, you know, it's, it's just the documentaries are an interesting experience every time, Um, but I'm looking forward to some of them. I'm really looking forward to all the beauty and the bloodshed. I've heard that's really good. Um, So some of them I'm, I'm really looking forward to. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to have to start delving into these maybe next week. So we, you know, avoid the last minute crush. Anyway, uh, what, what have you been watching in the last week to, uh, to try to check things off your list? Yeah. So let's see. I've, um, so I mean, well, I've seen the Pinocchio movie. Um, although that was technically before the announcements, but I had an inkling that it was going to be, a nominee so i yeah. watched it um <laughs> yeah. i saw the whale like the night before the nominees yeah. because i was like this is definitely getting nominated so. right um yeah. same for me with um i watched puss in boots in theaters because i just figured um yeah and i watched i watched all quiet on the western front also before it before nominations came out um because i figured um so all of those i saw all before the nominees were announced but i also was operating under the assumption that each of them would be nominated. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, it's good to play a little advanced recon, you know. It was just like a given. Like with like animated, you can always sort of tell what's going to be nominated. Um so Pinocchio and Puss in Boots were like no-brainers. Um Yeah. And All Quiet on the Western too. Front is just the exact kind of movie that the Academy loves. I was like if oh, this yeah. isn't nominated for something, it's fucking I like I have not learned anything and I should stop talking about movies. Um, yeah, that was clear that was like Netflix's big push this right, year for exactly. more Oscars. Um so I watched all three of those. Um, I really liked both of those animated movies, actually. Um, I liked Puss in Boots and Pinocchio quite a bit. Um, I was kind of surprised how much I liked Puss in Boots because I am a known hater of the Shrek franchise. Um, <laughs> known Shrek hater has entered the room. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I actually, I really liked the Puss in Boots yeah, movie. I thought uh, it was pretty good. I thought there was some fun animation in it. Um, whenever they oh, do like fight sequences, it was really yeah. fucking cool. <laughs> the animation um, was fantastic <laughs> in this. It was like it almost turned into anime whenever they were fighting. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of like the animated version of like <laughs> when they do the high frame rate in avatar 2 <laughs> shut up <laughs> uh no but it was it was like every time there was an action scene it would like move into this different kind of like fight vision and it was really cool um really stylized and beautiful the animation yeah. overall like in the whole thing was just gorgeous some of the best animation it, i've seen i thought it was cool uh, and i thought it was a pretty affecting story for like a kid's movie yeah um, yeah it was, it was um, touching and yeah. it was like it was really like got to the heart of like this character and like sort of deconstructed everything he's about yeah i can't believe that that's the like, character in question is puss in boots yeah puss in boots you know <laughs> not something that you would have thought could actually uh uh, be like deep and serious but like you know meditation on like life and legacy and death and i was like yeah. what the fuck are we doing like here? the price of immortality and like whether you know you have to give up everything you care about in order to live up to the legend that you've built yeah. up built and family up found family it's about yeah. like yeah i don't know there's a lot going on in puss in boots the last wish um it's I fantastic i like a lot of people are saying it's the best of like the whole franchise including shrek and like i think okay it's a, it's a i'm sorry i want to say being better than the first shrek is not hard <laughs> being better than shrek 2 shrek 2 is a even though it's not my thing it is a genuinely great movie shrek 1 is not that great it looks bad it's not pleasant it's not it's not it's ugly it's ugly the first shrek is ugly I think Shrek is the only one I've seen. I don't yeah. think I've seen any. I don't of the like sequels. the first Shrek. Very I haven't much. seen the first Puss in Boots. Uh, I just, yeah, I was never really that into it. You know, I mean, I thought yeah, that's the Shrek thing. was pretty funny. I enjoyed it. Watched it a couple times when I was young when it first came out. Uh, but never really was like, oh, I gotta see more Shrek. You know, Shrek was that uh, thing that like it came out at the exact right time for it to be like. Anytime we had like a substitute teacher or something, we'd all fucking watch Shrek. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was definitely that movie. And like, I think that contributed to my not liking it very much because like I hated when like, I mean, for one thing, I was a contrarian child. If everybody liked something, I'd be like, <laughs> mm -mm, no way. Um, so like, I was definitely like that. But also like if I, if I was subjected to watching something regularly that I didn't choose myself, I would not like it lord knows i can watch the same thing over and over and still love it i mean i think anybody who listens to our podcast regularly knows that i can watch something <laughs> there's a few films that you've watched yeah, uh, over um, and over again um but like if if i'm not making the choice it's gonna wear me down quickly because i just like 
I, like I'm not that kind of like I don't know. It's just it's very different for me. Um, I I have to have some control over the, that sort of thing. So I definitely think that contributed to it. But I also just think the first strike is not. I just don't like the animation. I don't think it's great. Um, I think it gets yeah, better I mean, after it, that. It's um, aged pretty badly. It's still it's that early computer graphics stuff. Right. It um, looks like a weird like PlayStation game. Like <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. So you know, I I just don't love the the first Shrek movie. Um, but Puss in Boots: The Last Wish. That's a that's a good one. They did well. They did really well. I did hate when there was like an intro while I'm watching this in the theater, and it was like all of these DreamWorks things. And it was like the fucking Boss Baby. Oh yeah, like <laughs> that's that's the new DreamWorks logo, and it's so irritating. I fucking hated it. It had like, like trolls and the Boss Baby, and I was like, this is miserable. This is the worst thing I've ever sat through in my life. And Possibly. you you got to watch like the fishing kid from the DreamWorks logo. Which I is, wanted like, it to be the, the fucking iconic logo. I wanted it to just be like the DreamWorks the ring logo, where like the <laughs> <laughs> you know what you I mean. Gotta... Where, like you see the flicker of the ring in one of the letters, and I was like, hell yeah, yeah. that's what I wanted. <laughs> I was make like... that the the logo for everything. But yeah, you got you got to watch him like sailing around, like waving at all the DreamWorks characters. It's like, come on, like we don't need all the characters in the logo like that it is just like oh it's also like as much like as it. i hate when people describe things as cringe it's a little cringe because dreamworks like most of its characters are simply not as iconic as like disney and they're clearly trying to imitate like the disney intro sort of thing where it's like all of the characters the boss baby is not fucking Cinderella. Like it's just not <laughs> right. It's like, it's so, like, this is how deep you're digging that you got to put the boss baby. In like there. the, the one of the trolls from troll, I got to say is not the black Panther. It's just not it. Like there's no world in which anybody looks at that and is like, yeah. Yeah. So we, we all well, need to like calm down. Dream. Everything has like, got to be the MCU now. Maybe we're going to get a crossover from the boss. Baby I, I understand that DreamWorks Shrek. wants to be DreamWork wants to be like a big, the big rival animation studio to like Disney Pixar. But like oh, the solution yeah. to that is not to like pretend that it's why they were found. the boss baby voiced by Alec Baldwin is somehow comparable to like the Incredibles like it like that's just like it's not true and you make yourself look stupid so um, um for but, shame yeah so I hated that but then the movie started and I really liked it I liked Puss in Boots I liked the character I liked the song he kept singing about how he was like a hero um, <laughs> um I liked his romance I thought that was cute um yeah I liked it I liked that movie a lot so um I was I was glad I saw that before the Oscar nominations because then I didn't have to like have to watch it with that like thing hanging over my head where I was like oh I have to watch this like um so that was awesome oh yeah I saw it after the nominations came out but like right after it I was like oh this is still in theaters like look quick let's go see it and uh it was pretty good like there, there was there was a lot of people there this was like my theater was pretty full but I saw it on a Tuesday at the Sunday AMC, night. So. I saw it Sunday night and okay. like it was a decently full theater. Lots mine of young was, people there. Mine was an AMC Tuesday. So you know how those go. Oh yeah. Um, the, yeah. the $5 yeah. Tuesday. Yeah. I was surrounded by lots of kids, which is honestly the way to see that movie. The kids loved it. The kids were having a blast. So, Oh yeah. Um, yeah. You, you gotta, gotta see if it's resonating with the kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if Puss in Boots wins best, best animated picture, I will not be upset. Although I, you know, I think Pinocchio 
might because the academy fucking loves Guillermo del Toro. But yeah, I'm pulling um, for Pinocchio, but we'll see. I don't know what um, else was nominated for best animated. Turning Red, the Sea Beast. Uh, Turning Red, Sea Beast. Um, Isn't there some like more. anime manga type movie? It, wait, is Mars is Marcel the Shell? Oh, is that the, fuck! the anime? <laughs> That's what it is. That's the last one. It's they they're considering an animated movie. It is animated. Um, I don't want to see that. Okay, so if that wins, and I would say there's a non-zero chance that that wins. I will be upset. Uh, <laughs> That's the one you can. We, we're calling I'm it now. I'm planning to like have like 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 a friend of the pod is going to be in the city for that, um, and we're planning to like watch it together. I might like break a bottle of champagne if Marcella <laughs> Shell she's on wins that fucking award. Um, Gonna hear so. your screams all across Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. Everybody in Brooklyn. Well, we might be in Manhattan for this, but yes, um, um, they'll hear it from Brooklyn. So yeah, they will hear it because um, I've now seen all of the best animated pictures except for Marcel the Shell and the Sea Beast. So I gotta say I can't imagine Marcel beating what I've seen so far. Um, literally all three of those movies were better than what I think Marcel the Shell, which was on, will be. Um, <laughs> I liked Turning Red. I liked I liked um, Pinocchio. And I liked Puss in Boots better than I think I'll like Marcel the Shell. So, yeah. Um, Oh, we'll see. You know, the Academy likes to break our hearts. It could happen. There's yes. um, <laughs> always a chance. Yes. Um, All Quiet on the Western Front. We've both seen that. Right? I liked it. Um, yeah, I liked that a lot. Yeah. You know, that is the classic, like, the horrors of war story. It's no 1917. In middle school. But um, um, it's no Dunkirk. No, um, but I was right. very impressed with the, like, technical aspects of this movie. Yes. Like, it really brought like the horrors of war to life some of the trench warfare the people like storming uh the trenches was like very exciting very well shot um like very well choreographed action sequences it it was terrifying and also like great special effects costumes everything was like top-notch technically Right. And, and then of and, course, you know, all quite in the Western Front is a classic anti-war yeah. text and and piece. Um, and I I think it's now's a good time to be releasing an anti-war piece. I think it's um very of the moment, and so I appreciate right. that. Um, so, you know, I yeah, I I just generally liked it. Um, and not to be like a typical. I was about to call myself a typical straight guy, which is not <laughs> true. You know, um, a typical straight bro like you. Um, no, but not to be like a typical bro, but like I do like war movies. Um, I, you know, um, as a role, I tend to I tend to enjoy them. Um, but and yeah. that's such like a typical bro film type yeah. to, to like. I mean, but I I do I like, like a, a good lot. war movie. I like yeah. a good war movie. Um, it doesn't. It's not every war movie. Of but course a, a not. Good of course one, not. I'm not like somebody who thinks that like every war movie is good just because it's about war. But I think I mean war is just especially in like in the era of cinema, war has been such a like constant factor for so many people. Um, yeah you know i just think it's in in the in modern warfare is just so horrifying um i i do think it has been um you know i think yeah. i think there's so many stories to tell regarding war and also I, you're just like 
saying that war is hell never gets old because it still is hell and we're still doing it. Yeah. Um, and there's a million different ways it can be hell. Uh, and there's always great opportunities for shock and drama and like action, excitement, fear. Just right. every every emotion can be put into a war film. Um, cause there's just like, it's, it's the highest human drama there is like it, there's a lot going on every time that war breaks out. Right. I like this movie, you know, um, I thought it was good. Again, I don't think it's like, it didn't resonate with me the way something like 1917 or, um, Dunkirk did, but I, I did really like it. Um, I just yeah, thought it was incredible. Um, um it was upsetting. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> not, not a, not a, uh, a real cheery story. Uh, all quiet is. So, um, also seen tar. tar just finished that. Yeah. You watched um, that. Did you watch that today? Last night? Last night. Yeah. Okay. Um, very good. Uh, Kate Blanchett, Blanchett is incredible. Um, uh, amazing. She has to do so much in this movie, you know, she has to, I mean, so I liked that movie. I didn't love that movie um she carries it i mean she like oh absolutely it's one of those where like the central performance is absolute key to the whole thing because i so i watched like i said i watched that the same days i watched triangle of sadness and that was like for me a big day for movies that should have been like 45 minutes shorter um (laughs) um, because tar was i mean if it hadn't been kate blanchett the runtime would have been egregious it like, yeah, it felt long and it, it it was one of those things where it felt like it was going on for so long and then the end like all happened really fast. Okay, but and I actually really like the ending and I know the ending is controversial because some people hate it. Um, I thought it was fucking hilarious. I thought it was funny that she ended up just conducting like a score of the monster hunter for like fucking... <laughs> Yeah, people I mean, in cosplay. Like I thought that was hilarious. Good. That's I a good. That that's so an good. interesting <laughs> ending. Um, that, that is a very interesting ending. I just thought like like the the whole. It's very much like the 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 gradual fall of this Titanic figure, and like the fall part of the movie is a lot shorter than like the the whole setup of it. Yes, I agree. I agree. Um, and there's so much. I mean, I Todd Field good director um in this movie there's just like so much where like the the pace is just like so ponderous and slow and i'm not sure it needed to be i'm just like not convinced that we need to just like pace things out so so deliberately and slowly all the time like we we could have moved along at a slightly more rapid clip especially because this is kind of a psychological film and so yeah. like it it probably would have benefited the film in some ways to, to move along a little more quickly, keep the psychological stakes higher and not be like, all right, we're still in this scene now every other minute, like no offense to the plot with the daughter. I don't know that I cared about Lydia Tarr's daughter. Like, (laughs) I don't, I don't know that that added anything to my understanding of the character. Like, (laughs) Yeah, like, <laughs> well, it, it, it was one of the things that she lost. I know what it was trying to add. I just don't know that it added it. Sorry, to yeah. be clear. I like Because I don't think that the movie expressed that she actually cared about her daughter in any real way very well. That's true. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that that's actually uh, like a part of it. It seems like she wasn't really that involved. Um, but I, but I think know. the movie like, did it, want me to believe that she did care. 
Right. Because I don't believe that the movie wanted me to side with her generally. Um, I think the movie thinks that she is a bad person largely, um, which seems obvious. Um, But for some watchers, they think that the movie sides with her because she's the main character. I don't know what these people have been reading or consuming (laughs) in terms of their media. Um, But sometimes the main character is a bad person and you're not supposed to like them. Um, Yeah. And the main character also gets her just desserts in the end. Like, absolutely. How can you you didn't see the ending of this is like hilarious comeuppance. I don't know what to tell you. Like, um, um, but, um, but I did not think like, I thought the, the daughter relationship was confusing because the movie seemed to want me to think that her affection for her daughter was genuine, but it didn't really have a good way of showing that to me because the daughter was like a non character and a non presence right. in the movie. I do. Um, I do love the the scene where she threatens the child who's been bullying her daughter. That was fun. That that's and she like calls one... herself. Uh, what does she say? She's like, I'm her father. And I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All you, right. I was like, yeah. Kate Blanchett told me she was dad to me, man. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> I'd be like, yes, you are dad. Um, whatever Kate Blanchett wants when she calls herself dad. Um, yeah, that was that was good. That was a good scene. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was like a weird. I don't know. It was just things didn't totally come together for me in this movie. But I did like it, and I thought that it was. I thought it was interesting. I think it was one of the first movies that was genuinely in conversation with the concept of cancel culture, in a way that wasn't like cringe. Um, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. It actually explores it from like. It wasn't a like more... a fucking Tim Allen TV show. So, you know, or Clint Eastwood, I guess. Um, that's the movie equivalent, right? Um, sorry, Clint, if you take umbrage with being compared to Tim Allen. Um, <laughs> they are they are not on the same tier of quality, certainly, but they do they do share some uh political viewpoints. Yeah. yeah. Um but um yeah, I, I thought this movie was actually in conversation with that that concept and like the concept of like the famous person being like held accountable for for their being a shitty person essentially. Um, yeah, and also like with like the way that like you know so many of like the the big historical figures of our past did do shitty things and like how do we reconcile that? I think this movie was trying to ask serious questions about that, which I think are worth asking. Um, so I did appreciate that um, quite a bit. Um, yeah yeah there's definitely a whole exploration of like oh yeah like these other famous composers from the past have equally done many shitty things right Um, like bach comes up specifically they're Um, talking about bach um but it's a different time we're talking about like what what is it like when people are actually held accountable for their actions not just let go because they're famous or rich or. Powerful. And of course, in this case, Lydia Tarr wants to like defend all of these people of the past just because like, she like is like, you don't want to, uh, you're a robot. If you just want to write them off because they did bad things. All right, Lydia, calm down. Um, sorry, Linda. Um, <laughs> that was that, that is an interesting uh, revelation. I think it's not. I mean, okay. It is an interesting revelation. But it's like one of those revelations where it's like, fucking, of course she changed her name like <laughs> to like something that sounds more pretentious. Of course she did. Of course. Um, she fucking added an accent to her name. <laughs> Ridiculous. I do, I do love that it's very hard to look for information on this movie 
online without including the accent. Yes, it is. (laughs) For some reason, like literally, if you type in tar into like Just Watch or something, like an app that'll show you where movies are available online, it just will not show up unless you type it with the accent. Well, tar is like its own word. Yeah. I know, but you'd think it would be in there too. You'd think like right now, because you'd think most searches would be like, um, most searches would be designed to pull up like recent hits, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's embarrassing that they're not all like that. Um, but overall I did like this movie, um, to get back to the movie. The one thing I did find out though, because, because of doing that is that if you look for tar on Wikipedia, there's a movie called the color of time aka tar from 2012 which is described as an independent biographical drama film written and directed by 12 new york university film students whose teacher was james franco ah <laughs> so james that... franco james franco's worming his way back into the pod matt um uh that was 2012 um and and I can't believe that exists. I can't believe that the color of time is the color of tar. Like, <laughs> I don't know why it's called, AKA tar. That's not explained at all. Well, tar is like a black thick mass. It kind of seems right that that would be is that time. The, the color of time. Um, also, remember when James Franco tried to get into UVA and then they turned him down? Yes, I do. <laughs> that, yeah. My English uh-huh. professor was one of the people in charge of deciding if people could get into the program, and she said no. Well, he was he was going to a bunch of colleges at one point. That I don't know why he did that. That's very strange. Because he's a fucking weirdo. That's why he is a weirdo. We all know that. We've yeah. we've covered his weirdness in. Uh, I don't know if he's even like detail. still like a present figure in the world, but he's out there somewhere. James Franco's just lurking. Lurking, <laughs> biding his time, waiting. One day he will make another movie in the cruising universe. No, <laughs> not that. Of all the things he could do, not that. Um, yeah. So yes, searching tar is difficult. Um, the movie, though. <laughs> yes. Talking about the movie. Yeah. But it's worth seeing. Um, definitely, definitely good. Definitely worth seeing. It's on Peacock. If you I have think... two and a half hours to spare. Yeah. And if you have Peacock, I mean, go sign up for a free trial. Watch this. Watch Paul T. Goldman. Watch that new Ryan Johnson show, Poker Face. There's a lot worth watching on Peacock right now. Isn't uh, Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris on Peacock? <laughs> I believe it is. Yeah. Yeah. So So you could knock out two Oscar nominated films with a Peacock free trial. Go crazy. (laughs) Treat yourself to some Peacock. Wait, if you get Peacock, can you also watch Parks and Rec? Because then you can literally treat yourself. I think, I think you do. I think you can. I think that's how that works. You can treat yourself. Um, let's see. What else? What else? Um, I watched, okay. Shout out to a movie I watched after sun. Um, Oh, I want to see that. It has a best actor nomination for Paul Mescal. Um, 
Mescal? Mescal? I don't know how you say his I last name. I think they said Mescal. Mescal. Um, I want to say Mescal because I want it to be like the liquor. Um, yeah, exactly. I'm all, That's what I'm always thinking. I'm like, ooh, um, Mescal. I could go for I, it. I uh, like, adored this movie. Um, probably one of my favorite movies I've seen um, of the oh, last year. Um, great. I loved it. It's exactly at my alley. It's like a 90-minute movie. It's arty. It's about a relationship between a daughter and her father. Um there's there's gayness in it um um it's you know it's paul mescal who's like fucking hot as shit um <laughs> um and a great actor um it's got good music um though like everything about it just like speaks to me directly it's you know it's about like nostalgia and looking back on like your past and anyway so I loved it. I thought Paul Meskel was amazing. I love that he got a Best Actor nomination for this because it's totally deserved. Um, he is just so good. There's like a 50-second sequence in this movie where his face isn't showing that is like obviously the reason he got this nomination. And it's just like, yeah, that's correct. Like, he deserves this. It's just so incredible. Um, it's about mental illness, too, to be clear. Um, so, yeah, just a great movie. See it. Please see it. I loved it. I want to buy this movie. It's like, um, yeah, really liked it. It it is kind of like like in some ways like the Lost Daughter. Um, that's his other big Oscar movie, right? Um, because he was in the Lost Daughter. Um, yeah. But um, it's also very different. So, but it's it does have a similar like the filmmaker of this movie, like Charlotte Webb. Obviously, I would say that she's probably seen the Lost Daughter. <laughs> um, <laughs> if if I had to guess, I'd say that she is is familiar with that. Um, but it's just so good. Charlotte Wells. Sorry, not Webb. Um, I was thinking of the, <laughs> thinking yeah. of Charlotte. I said Webb. Charlotte Webb, and I was like, oh well, I was thinking of that book with the pig and the spider. Um, but um, <laughs> Charlotte Webb would be a great pen name. That'd be so good, uh, Charlotte Wells. Um, but yeah, I really like. I really liked After Sun. Um, I'm like kind of upset that it didn't get a Best Picture nomination, but like, Triangle yeah, of Sadness I'll- did. Um, a lot of people so, were upset about that. Yeah. Uh, After Sun is one of those movies that has like a hardcore set of stands online. Absolutely. Yeah. I see I why mostly... because it's very emotionally resonant, I think, uh, for a lot of people. Um, and um, I, you know, yeah, it's just so good. I really liked it. Also, he was for... like dating Phoebe Bridgers for a while, which probably didn't help. Like he probably like, <laughs> um, like probably yes, her yes. fans probably were also like, oh, yeah, drawing all those people yeah. into the fold. Yeah. OK, <laughs> um, that makes a lot of sense. Um, all right. Um, I did see Blonde. I know you haven't seen that yet. Uh, I enjoyed it. I do think that it was a bit long. I do think that there was definitely some stuff in there that probably did not have to be in there that was there more to shock and titillate than it needed to be in there to tell a story. Mm-hmm. At the same time, it feels like kind of like an exploitation film where like that's kind of part of the point. I don't know. It's it's definitely not geared at representing a accurate biography of Marilyn Monroe. And it's not uh, trying to, right? Like my, no. that was not my understanding of it. Like I did it's, not. It, it feels like a very good counterpart, in fact, to Elvis. Um, like a much kind of like drearier, sadder version of that. Um, but the same sort of like lar- dissection of a larger than life pop culture figure and the, without very much focus on like historical accuracy. Um, 
Ana de Armas is fantastic. Um, she is absolutely like everything that's good about the movie. Um, but it's worth watching. I, it's it's got a lot of objectionable stuff in it. It really earns that NC seventeen. So uh, just know what you're getting into. Hey, you know what? I watched Showgirls this week, so I think I can handle <laughs> Showgirls. Showgirls is fun. Uh, this is not like fun <laughs> NC seventeen. But um, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in Showgirls. Anyway, yeah, yeah. That's that's what I thought of Blonde. I I overall thought it was pretty good. Wow, but, thought uh, it was pretty good. Um, interesting, interesting. I watched um, Triangle of Sadness. It was a Triangle of Sadness. <laughs> Were you sad watching it? I was, I, you know, I don't love, I don't love the director. So Ruben Osland, um, if you've never seen his work, has done a few other movies that have been kind of big names, Force Majeure and The Square. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, do you, you didn't like The Square, did you? No, I did not like The Square. I think I did. Yeah. Um. The, the I I yeah. thought the square was we were much. split on that one. Yeah, um, I did kind of like Force Majeure, um, but I, I I I well I never saw that remake with Julia Louise Dreyfus that came out a couple years ago. Um, but you remember that like there was that remake with her the remake her. of Force Majeure, yeah, 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 with Julia Louise Dreyfus and who was her husband in that? I can't remember. Um, but um. They, there was some sort of remake, and anyway, remake uh, with Will Ferrell and Julia Louis. Oh, it was Will Ferrell. That's what it was. Okay, downhill, downhill. Yes. Um. So, um. I yeah, I didn't love the square though, but I did like Force Majeure. Um. So I wasn't really sure how I would feel about this movie because was I'd only ever seen those two from him. So I was like, I liked one and not the other. So this could go other way. And this one was like sort of in the middle for me. Um. It's like again, it's like two and a half hours. And it like does not need to be two and a half hours. Like there is literally no reason it needs to be as long as it is. There are things they could have cut. Um, there were like moments I'd be watching and be like, this scene doesn't need to be in here. I don't need to be watching this right now. Um, and yet I was. Um, and that's just like a problem with movies writ large right now. But like maybe directors and editors and producers need to like, get it out of their heads that like every single one of their ideas is worth showing in the same movie. Like sometimes it's like, save that idea for another movie. <laughs> like, yeah, you have another movie in you where you want to talk about this. Like, let's move on. Um, I did. I did generally think the movie was good. I didn't think it was bad or anything like that. It was just like, it was two and a half hours and it didn't need to be like, you have to just like, you don't like two and a half hour runtimes don't get the benefit of the doubt. Like you need to justify that to me. So, right. Like yeah. d- work hard for that. Um, and I don't think this one did, um, but I did like it. Um, it was the second best movie I saw about being stranded on an Island um, in that week. Because I also saw playing in theaters, so yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, wait. Sidebar. Sidebar. We haven't talked about playing yet, and we were very eager to talk about playing. Let's quickly talk. Have you about seen playing? You've seen playing, right? Yes, I okay. saw playing. Okay, so I should cl- like uh, specify up front. I saw playing 
with the guy I've been seeing, we got drunk and high and went to see Plane. That's so, the way to see Plane. That is entirely the way to see Plane. I was like, oh, hell yeah. This is yeah. ideal. For um, me, it was a 10 p.m. show. So I'm like, okay, there's definitely time <laughs> to have a few drinks before this movie. And oh, yeah, it, it benefits from it. It's, yep. a, it's a fun time. And like it's good to to have a little booze in you for it's like surprisingly like an actually decent little thriller too. Like it's like like I yeah. thought it was gonna be like all just like silly laugh at it kind of bad, but it was like actually like kind of decent like in no. the way it was constructed and 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 put together. Like I, yeah I yeah it it's it's good. tightly constructed. It's like it's like eighty seven minutes long or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is like they do not waste any time. They get in like the whole first scene, like when he showed from like showing Gerard Butler walking into the airport, taking a call with his daughter, getting on the plane, conversing with the flight attendants and the co-pilot. There's so much exposition, like just being thrown at you in like a very straightforward way that you're like, all right, they're getting all this out of the way. And then we're just going to have fun for the next 80 minutes. And it like, that's absolutely what happens. Yeah, that's it, pretty much it. it. It's just um, so neat. It's so tidy. And like, there's not a lot of like moral ambiguity in this film. There doesn't really need to be. The characters are fairly stock, but also well-written. Uh, it's just the kind of movie that's fun to see at the theater. It really felt like, like, a like a throwback to like an era where like action thrillers were just so much simpler. Just like, you could just put like a simple little thriller on screen and like in like 1999, this would have done like millions of dollars. Uh, yeah. Like easily. This would have been like a, a, a minor hit. It probably would have spawned like a weird sequel that nobody asked for where they recast Gerard Butler with like, I don't fucking know. Dave Batista. Um, <laughs> um, okay. I would see that though. That would yeah. be great. <laughs> um, like it just would have been like a completely random sequel, but like, um, yeah, they, you know, they, it, I just thought it was really fun. Um, and like, it really, it really felt like, I mean, I've joked on this movie calling it like lost, but like without the fun stuff. Um, <laughs> um but it really did feel like lost too. And like some of just like, it's like, you get stranded on this island and suddenly you're surrounded by people who live on this island and are evil and want to kill everyone for reasons that we don't understand. And the movie, the movie's not going to try to explain why they're bad. It's just like, they're bad. Yeah. Um, and like, bad it's like kind of questionable that it's like, Oh, the people on this island are all just like so bad. They want to kill you. Like, it's like maybe a suspect thing to do. Um, but you know, that's okay. Um, but I don't know. It was good. And there's like a, there's like some really like some of the sequence of this movie, like when Gerard Butler, like they, 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 okay. First of all, they crashed the plane. I thought the plane crash and like the, the crash landing was like actually like very well filmed and well, put really together. good, really like tense. And yeah. like, you can see it's like problem solving at that exciting high level. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, we, there's nowhere for us to land. Like we don't have time to make it to the airport. Like what's the safest trying to like, they're like, I see a road on this Island. And I'm like, Oh my God, we're just going <laughs> to land on a road on the Island. Um, yeah, it was crazy. Um, so they, they've landed and he's going to, he's going to go to like do the, um, to like go figure out like find some way to talk to people um because they they want to get off of the island obviously so he's he's going and he's with um who's his who's his partner is it mike coulter um um, is that the actor's name 
Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the guy uh, who's who's a uh, a prisoner being he's a uh, he's a prisoner who's been transported because he's maybe done murder. Um, well, you know, he's done murder, but it seems pretty questionable <laughs> that he did murder in a way that was like actually bad. Like it seems like maybe it was just like wrong place, wrong time, um, and self defense of some sort. Um, but because um, he's like a good guy, he doesn't seem bad. Anyway, um, not that well, whatever. Um, so, you know, they're going to go investigate what's going on on the island and the fight sequence that happens in like this, like abandoned, like weird house with a phone. And it's not even a house. It's just like a building that has a phone for some reason in like, um, in the jungles of this island in the Pacific ocean is insane. Like Gerard Butler's fight sequence in there where he's fighting this one guy, like is crazy. It's so good. Yeah. Like, like, and it's like, like one camera, other, the camera in each other. Yeah, yeah. The camera doesn't change. It's just like watching this one fight happen the whole time. Like what the fuck is going on? I'm here for playing 2023. And you're telling me we're watching this shit right now. Like, um, it was good. That was a good fight scene. That was really, really good. And like Gerard Butler was like a vulnerable hero in this movie. Like not vulnerable as in like emotionally. Cause there was no emotion in this movie that mattered. Um, but it was like, like he could like, like he wasn't like a a, a surefire winner in all of his fights in this movie. Yeah, like Mike Coulter was like the, like the, the bronze of this movie. Like he was like Mike Coulter. If he shows up, he's not losing. But Gerard Butler could have lost on his own. Yeah, he's like he's some aging ex RAF pilot who's been you know flying crappy uh, regional airlines for a while or out something. of Singapore. He's, yeah, he's clearly he's got like a bit of a temper problem that they've established and he's uh like he's just a really clear straight thinker. Um and that's like what he's good at. So like he, he's a pilot, you know, he's going into these situations sometimes unarmed, like very much at risk of being captured or killed. Yeah. Um but, you know, so so there's there's a real element of risk that you feel during a lot of this. Right. Yeah, I really, really appreciated that. Um, I thought, I thought it, I thought it made the movie. It was just good. Like, it would have been weird if he'd suddenly been like just like good at everything he did. I really liked that he was not. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Um, the weirdest thing about this movie was that like every time they they cut to like the situation room with like the airline, where I was like, "What are we gonna do about this?" And I was like, "Nobody gives a shit. Nobody gives a shit about the like decision making of the CEO of this airline." <laughs> like, and it was like Tony Goldwyn, who looks like the sleaziest politician anybody has ever met in their entire lives. Sorry, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, and he's like, "Well, you know, what we have to do call in the mercenaries." I'm like, "What the fuck?" Like, what do you mean to call in the mercenaries? I love that they had a mercenary team that landed there. And, and the mercenary team like, got there in like four hours. I was like, where were they stationed to get to like some island off of Singapore that quickly? Like, what the yeah. fuck? Um, that was they, really were, funny. they were ready to go. They had a strike team in the air. <laughs> like, the funniest thing know. was full spoiler alert. So I will say for, for now, like the plane, the plane like dies because it crashes and then one of the characters, um, the the co the co captain, so like the I guess the assistant captain. I don't know if that's a, a, a co pilot. Co, but he's like he's like an underling. Like he's not like. 
Because co-pilot sounds like he's on the same level as Gerard Butler, but he's but not. But that's what the co-pilot is. Is it's that really? Is that like the same thing? Yeah. To me, co-something Or the first like... officer or something. But but I think okay, he, I see. He, he would call him the co-pilot. Okay, I see. I see. I take your point. Um, I didn't know that. To me, saying like co-founder, they're equals. You know what I mean? Like um, so, Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's different in, in okay. pilotry. Um, I don't know a lot about piloting, but um, I, okay. I think so I know makes that. Sense. Makes sense. So the co-pilot like fixes the plane somehow. Um, I don't understand. I'm not going to pretend to think that it made sense. Um, <laughs> it totally didn't, but um, it was just like, all right. And yeah, they're I'm... like, the only way to get off the island is to fly the plane a short distance across the water to the other island that they didn't know was actually there. Um, <laughs> but um, honestly, a sea landing sounded better at this point than what they were about to deal with if they stayed on that island. So, you know, yeah. whatever. Um, so... They're, they're deciding to do this um, and they have to fight off all the villains as they're getting off the plane. And the main villain has to get taken out by the wheels dangling from the plane. <laughs> that was like the funniest scene in the entire movie. That was so fucking good. But I was like, yes, we finally get a like a major fist pump moment in this movie. My entire audience cheered. I was like, yes, this is what it's about. I was in a sold out auditorium and everybody was hyped for Hell that shit. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds awesome. It was so good. So good. That guy got got. Um, <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. Um, I mean, so many other people got got in this movie. There were just like people getting like shot left and right. Um, I liked when like one, like the, one of the, like, you know, the victims of the plane crash, like she just like gets upset and runs away because they're being kidnapped and, she gets shot and so her boyfriend slash fiance slash husband i don't know what they were um gets upset and he's screaming and he just gets like beheaded like they're just like yeah. all right and I'm, yeah. like, I'm like hmm all right like, whoa all right i'm like that seems correct but is upsetting i will admit um, very much yeah <laughs> um so that was funny too these are these are bad dudes, you know. Right they, that that they, was like the the, the way of like to, the movie being like, see, they're bad people, and I was like, had I to think we got it early on um, that, that these guys are trouble. I knew yeah, you so, were trouble when you walked in. Very fun movie, highly recommend. Yeah, that was really go fun. check it out Great movie. in between your Oscar watches. Um, yeah, very fun. Anyway. <laughs> triangle of sadness did you have anything else to say about that no just that plane was the better better <laughs> stranded on an island movie um i did like some of triangle of sadness it's just like and it had some sequences that i thought were like stellar like the entire like captain's dinner where like the boat is rocking so everybody has motion sickness and it's throwing up was great um that was like awesome fucking great <laughs> um woody harrelson great um even though obviously like stunt casting for like his 20 minutes of screen time in a two and a half hour movie. Like uh-huh. he's like in very little of this movie. Um, um, and like, honestly, most of the scenes they showed in the trailers. So, um, Oh, but, um, well, I mean, maybe a little more they showed in the movie, but like, it was like, he's only in like two scenes in this movie. Um, he's the scenes are long, but it's not like he's throughout the movie. Um, he's not in very much of this movie. Um, uh, the main character of this movie are like the male model who you see in the one parts of the trailer and his girlfriend. Like they're like the main, the main cast. Um, right. 
The guy from Beach Rats. It is the guy from Beach Rats. Yes. I'm so glad somebody else remembers that. <laughs> I love movie Beach that Rats. nobody saw, but yeah. was awesome. That was so good. I love that movie. Um, I saw the Bowtie Cinema in Richmond, Virginia. Um, yeah, I really like that movie. Um, but that was him. Um, he's in that. He's in this. Um, and, like, there's some really interesting things happening in this movie, like, politically and, like, conceptually. And they involve him and, like, some other characters and... You know, I did. I did enjoy it. It's just, um, again, I just don't know that it needed to be like two hours and forty minutes or whatever. Like, I, I yeah. don't know that that was necessary. Um, that does that does tend to come up in uh, in some of these Oscar films. You know, you're like, I like the basic thing they're going for. I just feel like they could have done it in less. I just think overlong movies are. I'd love to like look into the data of this, but I feel like more movies are overlong now than used to be. Um, I feel like it wasn't always the case that like, like now I feel like every big movie I go to see is going to be two hours plus. I don't feel like yeah. that was always the case. It certainly feels that way. Yeah. It certainly feels like you, you so rarely get like a big tentpole release or like a prestige type film that could be up for awards that's like 90 minutes that right. like never like, happens like in a in particular with like big tentpole films like a lot of superhero movies could be an hour and a half like that, oh yeah and they'd probably Definitely. they'd be better for it like so you know they, they could do that here too I, I don't know this movie this movie couldn't have been an hour and a half but it probably could have been like two hours you know what i mean um so i don't know it just seemed like we need to like tone some of this down but um i did overall enjoy it and now, and that was my last best picture watch. So that was nice. Oh, now I've nice. seen all of the yeah. best picture nominees. I'm so. still missing a bunch of them. So not even close for me, but good for you. Wait, best picture nominees? Yeah. Well, I, I have not seen Triangle of Sadness. Yeah. Or Women Talking. Okay. Um, let's see. What else? I feel like that's nominated? it. Is that it? Well, maybe, maybe I was thinking it was more, and then since then I've seen Tar and All Quiet, so maybe it's not as bad as it once was. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, I've seen all the other ones, so I'm I'm still missing two, but yeah. I mean, maybe um, maybe women talking is just kind of daunting. So it is, it is it, like it is looming over me the idea of having having to see this movie and not knowing where I'm going to be able to see it. Yes, um, but. I'm sure it'll work out. Uh, speaking of movies that are only 90 minutes, uh, Causeway was, yeah. was a breezy, breezy 90 minutes. Um, I liked this movie. I thought it was pretty good. Um, the The premise of it gave me some pause. It's about a, a soldier returning home from fighting in Afghanistan uh, well, not fighting. She was like working with the the Army Corps of Engineers, but she's coming home because uh, her truck got hit by an IED and she's dealing with residual brain damage. Uh, so it sounded like very heavy. I was like, oh, boy, this is going to be like an issue movie and it's going to be like dreary and stuff. But it wasn't really. It was actually like a nice, really like personal drama about like people trying to tr like move past trauma in their life trying to build a new life for themselves. Um, and uh, Jennifer Lawrence was the lead. She's like, uh, she gave a very good performance. Um, kind of felt like she might've 
been nominated but was not um but the the nomination for this film comes from brian tyree henry who was nominated for best supporting uh he has been long overdue for an oscar nomination and he is absolutely fantastic in this movie very fun to watch um and very very emotional very powerful movie so i i had a good time with this one yeah i'm looking forward to seeing that i'm, I'm excited obviously mm-hmm. i've not seen it yet I yep. do. I, I want to see. I mean, it's nice. I want to see Brian Tyree Henry. I feel like, you know, like you said, he's long overdue. Um, I also, you know, it's just nice. I like when Jennifer Lawrence does things that get recognition. Um, I feel like she's been sort of in and out of the consciousness for a while. So, yeah. Kind of yeah. nice. Yeah, she sort of, you know, had her heyday for a while and it has not really come back to the same heights since then but she's been like doing she some really great kind stuff of did some of that like she didn't she's want she's backed to out be... of the spotlight yeah after hunger games she sort of like intentionally didn't want to do it, which is so like fucking Katniss Everdeen um, <laughs> um so good for her um I do you know maybe she didn't get the nomination because Andrea Risborough <laughs> uh, <laughs> campaigned too well uh well there's there's a there's a good list of other people who didn't get nominated in that category too like viola davis who probably would have been more likely to get in but yeah possibly i mean viola davis also should have been that's the thing with this category five people is just not enough so many performances are so different um yeah definitely I don't really have uh, a solution to that, but I'm just saying that it's it's a real problem. Well, yeah, there's always there's always snubs that feel feel bad that feel like we're leaving too many good people out. But that's that's the nature of the game. That's it always happens. Um is there are there any other ones that you saw that you wanted to highlight? think so not really i think those i think i've touched on all the big ones that i saw that i i really cared about um what about you no that's it for me um i don't know what i'm gonna watch next i may Ooh, it's getting late i may try to fit something else in tonight but we'll see um but I, i'm at 20 26 yeah. right now is the number um that's how many you working, have left or yeah, yeah yeah i'm working on getting it down um my confidence level right now is is middling. I'm not I'm not as worried about the amount that I have left as I am about a couple of these specific movies. Right. Um so and I, I feel like maybe in a week I'll have more of a clear game plan for some of these. So maybe I'll be feeling a little bit better. We'll see. Uh, at, at this point though, it at least as long as I have a path to seeing each of these movies i think i should be able to complete it in time without too much trouble i'm i'm on track i'm seeing them at a decent rate so i think i'm feeling okay that's more or less where i'm at you know once i i need to figure out where i'm gonna see some of these but generally speaking i feel like i'm in a a decent place um with how many i have left because i know i'm gonna watch like quite a few over the next like two weeks too so you know that's a good place to be. So, all right. Well, we'll keep you posted on how this is going. As always, we we strive to bring you the most exciting Oscars death race coverage that we can. 
Um, we're going to be probably pulling some more all dayers or all nighters. Uh, <laughs> all gonna dayers. Going to be watching Lunana. You're going to be watching EO like in the hours leading up to the ceremony or something. It's going to be fucking. Um, yeah, it's probably it's going to be EO. You're right. That's the worst. That's my hell. Well, until next time, um, you can find us on all the major podcasting platforms. Uh, just find us on your favorite platform. Give us a review if you like what we're doing and subscribe. Um, you can also find us on social media. We're at Buzzed on Movies on Twitter. And you can reach out to us by email at buzzedonmovies at gmail.com. And let us know what you are excited about this Oscar season. If you have any big stubs or flubs that you're concerned about. And um, if you're thinking about trying to complete the death race, definitely keep us posted. Cause we always love to see other people trying to do this kind of crazy stuff. Um, and until next time, we'll see you at the movies. We will surely see you at the movies. I was going to say like, or on the Western front, but that seems like upsetting. So uh, I don't, uh, we don't want to see you on the Western front. We might front. see you be... on the plane, on the Island that the plane crashed on though. So that would be upsetting too, but at least Gerard Butler would be there to save us. Gerard Butler so. would be there to save us. And Mike Coulter would be there. He stayed. Yeah. He, he stayed behind. He's still there. <laughs> so he Mike Coulter's still on the Island. <laughs> it's literally like lost. I'm telling you. We need to go back. We have to go back. <laughs>